Hello, church family. Welcome to another one of our sermon discussions. We hope these are helpful for you. We just heard a great uh, sermon in Kyle's series through Philippians. And so I'm just going to start out with one of our classic questions. Uh, Kent, what did you appreciate about today's sermon? So I, I appreciated everything about the sermon. It was just <laughs> such a great text. And, uh, and he really just kind of unpacked it in a manner that landed in my lap. And, you know, one of the comments that he made was, that those with the, the deepest theology live the most righteous lives. I believe it was what he said, and paraphrasing, maybe a little bit off, but it just reminds me that the reason we study theology, the, the reason that we study scripture is just not to get a head full of knowledge, but that knowledge has to make its way to our heart. Mm. And so that knowledge of our Lord, the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of, of his redemptive work in the cross should have an outflow in the way that I live in and amongst the world in my marriage, in my, my work, in my family life. And so um, it, it just is a great reminder to allow that to conform me into Christ's image every day. Mm. And Mike, what did you appreciate? Yeah, I think as, I, as he began to unpack the uh, message, it was, Mike, where are you here? Yeah. Where are, you, are you being, are you showing that outflow of the gospel or are you just accumulating it or what are you doing? So th this was, like many of his sermons, this was convicting for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but I appreciate that. That's, that's what the point today, obviously, in God's sovereignty was, that I would be con convicted. Yes. Uh, like you said, there's so many things I appreciate today. One thing that really stuck out to me, uh, stood out to me, uh, is, uh, is the two gifts the gift of faith, the gift of suffering. Mm -hmm. And I know that first gift, the gift of faith, can be a little controversial for some people, but to me it's so humbling and yet encouraging. Yeah. It humbles me and, and it helps remind me that there's no worthiness of my own self, that I became a believer in Christ. And then just encouraging to note that, that God loved me so much that he gave me uh, the gift of faith. And then suffering. It, we shouldn't be shocked that when life doesn't go according to plan. And it's not always because we're messing our life up or we're in sin. Sometimes the Lord is chastening us. But many times that's just part of the Christian life. And we, it's an opportunity mm -hmm. to trust God and to bring Him glory. And it's an indication that, yes, we are uh, living for the Lord. All right. Uh, uh, another question here. We hear a lot. Kyle talked a lot about this concept. And it's been, uh, last couple decades, it's really been in the forefront of evangelical Christianity. The term is gospel-centered, having gospel-centered ministry, gospel-centered church, gospel-centered preaching. Is this just some new slick fad for church growth or whatever? What is gospel, uh, what does it mean to be gospel-centered, and why is it important? Mike? Well, it's, it's not a fad. Well, I mean, we can read this book, this chapter, uh, this verses today and realize it's not a fad because Paul focuses on that. So it's not a fad. I think the problem is, is that a lot of times uh, we, churches, don't understand what gospel-centered message is. It is the life, breath, blood of a, of a believer right. to hear that every Sunday, mm. that it's focused on that. And it's not just... Like we talked about earlier, just Christ died on the cross for our sins. And that's a part of it, but it's the totality of Christ's life and work. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, so, so that was the, uh, is it a fad or not? What was the other two? So, yeah, what is it and why is it important? Yeah. Okay, well, we kind of discussed what it is, but it is important because of the fact that I need to hear that consistently. Mm -hmm. I forget. 
I am who I am. I have that sinful nature. I need to just have that drilled into me all the time because it gives me, uh, it changes Monday morning. It changes tonight on my way home. It, it is a, it is, I, I can focus on that. I can, I can um, meditate on those things. Uh, and um, I think I'm just kind of rambling at this point, but it is important. It's good. Some gospel-centered <laughs> rambling. Yeah. There. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. That is rambling. So, so Ken, what, is God, what does it mean mm. to be uh, gospel-centered, and why is it important? I think we always have to stop and, and recognize how the gospel is working itself through in our lives and in the world and our testimonies. And um, it's easy to get stuck into the rut of cultural Christian indoctrination, and that's something that I, I've, I've coined and talked about a few times in my experiences in my Christian life, where you have folks that have been Christians so long because they were raised in the church and they were taught how to act and taught really kind of what to think. And, and so when you look at them, you kind of have to ask people that have been you know, raised in the church, are you truly doing this because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, or are you doing it because this is what's expected of you? So the gospel has to be at the forefront, and the gospel should then influence the way that you think, the way that you interact with people, and, and it should have an outflow. So I, I like to call and talk about the Christian worldview because it's an interpretive framework for you to make sense of the world around you and to make sense of your life. And even when you encounter moments of suffering, that Christian worldview, that framework, helps you to understand that we're citizens of another kingdom, mm -hmm. that we are sojourners here, and that we are ambassadors for Christ. And even amidst our sufferings, that Christ can use those sufferings for his glory, for his name's sake. And additionally, um, I've, I've been reminded quite frequently that sometimes God allows me to go through suffering to give me the empathy to counsel somebody else that's going through the similar sufferings. And so um, he gives me that, that framework, that sense of suffering. So when I actually talk to them and dialogue with them, I kind of know where they're coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that, that's helpful to think about when we're thinking about gospel-centered. It has to do with your outlook on life, your outlook on ministry. Uh, so worldview, it could be like you could think of it as the lens that you look at your life, right. your ministry, and your job, and everything else, all the other decisions you make. Keeping the gospel in mind. Of course, by gospel, I mean that shorthand good news. That means the bad news that we're sinners. We've all right. fallen short. That, that yes, Jesus, and we've fallen so far short that our only hope is a substitute. So Jesus is the perfect sinless son of God who died as the perfect sacrifice so that if we repent of our sins and believe in him, we can have eternal life. Um, that should, it's not just the sales pitch that we get when we join uh, the kingdom of God, but it's something that should affect how we view our lives ever, thereafter and our ministries thereafter. So as we're thinking about how we should have a ministry here at this church, we always look at it through the lens of the gospel. As we're looking at our Bible and it's talking about ancient history or it's talking about moral commands or things that we should do, we're always keeping the gospel in mind uh, uh, as we do that. It's very important. There's lots of biblical uh, basis for this. And then that leads to our next question, some practical applications of what it means to really be having that Christian worldview in the day-to-day -day life. So Kyle actually alluded to several different ways that we could apply yeah. the gospel to our life at our workplace, uh, in our thoughts, in our homes, in our entertainment choices, how we look at the news and think about the news, and how we read our Bibles. And I'm sure we could think of a host of other ones. But Kent, what are some ways that the gospel affects your life on a day-to-day -day basis practically? Yeah. 
So one of the things that I like to kind of frame in my mind um, when Jesus said that you are salt and light, and he said that, you know, if, if a salt loses its saltiness, it is good for nothing but to be trampled underfoot. What does that mean? I mean, chemically speaking, salt is still salt. So this is kind of figurative language, but what he's trying to get across is that we have a Christian testimony um, in and amongst the world that we live in, our workplaces. And so how does the gospel impact the way that I react when my boss is, you know, you know on, on, a, on a tirade? Um, you know, when everybody else is freaking out because the boss, and I, I'm just, I'm, I'm calm, and I'm, I'm, I'm stopping, and I'm thinking, and I'm not reacting with my emotions, and I'm like, this is fine. We can work through this, and, and people start to see that. Mm -hmm. um, your work testimony, for me personally, like, I go into work, and I labor from the moment that I get in until the, the moment that I leave the office, and, and I don't stop working because I know that my work is a testimony to my Savior. If I was to go into work and just, you know, put in bare minimum effort and I was a slug or I always had a bad attitude or I was grumbling about the boss. I'm not saying anything bad about my boss. I like him, but <laughs> I just want to put that disclaimer. I, you know, I, if I was doing that, then, then how would that really speak about my eternal view of, of where I'm going in heaven? Um, these things are all just going to go away. So we're put here for a moment in time in whatever location God has sovereignly placed us to bring him the most glory for his name's sake. And in that gospel testimony, allowing it to impact the way I think, the way that I act, the way that I react to situations, all of that enables me to then take that gospel message to all of those people that are being, you know, just confronted with all sorts of life issues. You know, it's amazing how many um, conversations have been opened up with somebody just coming up to me and been like, there's something different about you. Mm -hmm. that's, just, that's just great. It gives me an opportunity to proclaim my Savior. So that's how I kind of just let it flow through um, in my life personally. Yeah. Great. Mike? You know, I, I, obviously I, I was trying to, this is where it began to kind of convict the work, the think, the home life, the Bible, the sin, the news. And I focused on two, the news in particular. It doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you are, it, it, we just seemingly see things unraveling and uh, how it's very easy to get emotionally tied up into one side or the other. And um, one of the things are get angry. That's a real easy one right yeah. now. I mean, that's what yeah. I, I find my, myself right now. Understand that the gospel um, should it needs to change the way I view uh, all the things happening around me. I should be a point of hope for those that feel like there's, you know, yeah. the, the, the spout of the, the information of where their true hope is. Mm -hmm. The other one is the sin. How, honestly, honestly, Mike, how do you view sin in your life? Does it repel you? Does it make you want to vomit? Are you friends with it? Mm -hmm. Well, have you separated some where, yeah, those are horrible and I don't want to, but there's these others that, you know. So that's, a, that's another reason that I want to hear the gospel because I want to hate sin yeah. Yeah. in my life. I don't want to coddle it anymore. Yeah. I get sick of it. You know, it just defeats me. Yeah. I don't want to be defeated. I, I live, uh, you know, as, a, uh, as he talked about, as a, a citizen 
that we'll talk about in a few minutes of, yeah. of heaven. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm on a winning team. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't want to be defeated. So that's that's that was what was so convicting today yeah. uh, to me. Well, yeah, it's uh, the gospel should help us know that we can have victory over sin, not just the penalty of sin, but over the power of sin. But then it also should help us reemphasize the seriousness of sin. It's so bad that Jesus Christ had to suffer on the cross for it. Um, so it should help us not to minimize it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's so many different ways that the gospel applies to everyday life. You talked about at work, Kent. I've had that experience too, where it's like, hey, I don't particularly enjoy this assignment. It's not a glamorous job, but it's been given to me. It's my responsibility. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And not necessarily just because I have, might have witnessing opportunities, so that's a wonderful uh, reason. It's like I can actually glorify and worship God by doing this job for God's glory. And all of a sudden, so like Abraham Kuyper, that great theologian and politician, said there's not one square inch of this world that, God ha that Christ hasn't planted his flag and said mine. And then everything, whether it's you know cutting your grass or working your job or getting up in the morning, you can do that for the glory of God. The gospel allows you to have that kind of significance. And then you know, on a pr and then uh, you talk about avoiding sin. You know, just practically this just this past week, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting engrossed into this really uh, thrilling uh, murder mystery uh, show. And then one of the storylines takes a turn where I'm like, you know what? I really don't need to see this. Not because anyone's going to find out or because of my eternal destinies at stake. But just like, you know, that's not pleasing to the Lord. That's not going to help me value God and the gospel more. So, yeah, maybe I don't need to know how they catch the serial killer, you know? But it's not an illegalistic, like, ooh, I can't do that bad thing, or uh, I might feel guilty. or it's No, it's like, I want to please God. Like, the gospel has freed me up to now live my life to please God and not worry about uh, rules for my own performance sake. Uh, then uh, last question, Kyle... Uh, because talked about these three images because they were in the text, citizen, soldier, athlete. What are some of the, just the powerful aspects of these images? If you have a favorite one, feel free to talk about that, but go ahead, Kent. Make whatever you want of that question. Were you gonna go with citizen? I, you know, I don't know, but yeah, I think, <laughs> I think so, but they all, yeah. Yeah, because I was going to go with Citizen. I'm like, oh, man, I'm probably still in thunder here. But <laughs> Nothing says you can't both talk about Citizen. <laughs> yeah. I'm just giving you that permission. So, so, there you go. so, you know, I've traveled all around the world, and, you know, I've got a, a, a passport, United States of America Johnny passport. Song, no? I've been everywhere. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. That's for free commentary there, everyone. Go ahead. So, yes. yes, you've been in lots of places. Go yeah, ahead. And, and, and even in the military. Mm -hmm. I've been all over the world with the Army as well. And so there's a sense in which to a different country, and I am an ambassador for America. Like, their view of Americans is going to be shaped by the way that I act. Mm -hmm. So if I walk into one of their restaurants and I talk to them like a jerk in the English language, therefore they're going to think something very, very poorly about Americans. So that's just one tiny example of what it looks like to be a, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Stop and ask yourself. Is the way that you talk to that waitress bringing glory to God? You know, when you go into a restaurant Sunday after church and you say your prayer before your meal, but then you're kind of snippety with the waitress or you stiffer on the tip, are you being a good citizen? Good point. Little things like that, you know. So the, the way that the way that I talk to people um, when you know I'm calling about a grievance for a company that yeah. that did something, you know, kind of boneheaded, and am I talking to that? with the love of Christ, or am I talking down to them? And, and so, I mean, they don't know through the phone that I'm a Christian, but nonetheless, 
blessed. That shouldn't, shouldn't stop me from wanting to, to be a good citizen and to be a good testimony, a good witness. No matter what interaction I am in in this world, you have to frame it with the fact that Christ has sent us into the world to bear glory to his name's sake so that we can take the gospel message to four corners. And if you're not living a life, Kent, personally, not living a life that, that enables me to, to share the gospel, then I am, I am failing. So I do think citizen is very, very impactful. It's meaningful to me. And I'm just glad that Kyle kind of pointed that because I, I take that to be very, very mm. personal. Well, let me do this, the soldier then, because once again, they're all three, yeah. athlete, soldier, and mm -hmm. citizen. Uh, and one of the things I begin to think back there is soldier, uh, all the things that you do to prepare, but what are you ultimately preparing for? You're preparing for battle, whether you actually engage or not. That's all the training that we did and, and all those type of things, starting from the day one that you show up basic training to all the schools you go to. And so I kind of clicked on that is the battles, the little battles. It, we're, I'm not talking about uh, necessarily where I'm going to be a martyr, uh, a real-life martyr. I don't, you know, that may not be it, but it's the battle of every day. Mm -hmm. uh, will I be able to call out sin, uh, first of all and foremost, in my own life? Uh, am I going to stand up for truth? Am I going to stand up for justice? because those things are important to, to God. Uh, and as a citizen of heaven, as a, uh, and I'm going to carry it a little further, as a soldier of, of my king, uh, I'm not necessarily conquering by the sword or, or, or conquering uh, territory or things like that, but I am forwarding his kingdom. And how am I doing that, you know? Uh, just like you said, I think they could apply either, you know, obviously yeah. to this too, but how I treat people, mm -hmm. how I call people or, you know, talk to <laughs> telemarketers yeah. or, or, or whatever it is, uh, constantly being a uh, reflection of whom, who I claim to be my father. Yeah. You know, something that you said, and I, when you started talking about soldier, kind of went back in my mind about we have disciplines as soldiers. We're disciplined to do PT. We're disciplined to obey standards, to obey protocol, and do certain things that will enable us collectively to win a battle. And so in our Christian life, we have our own spiritual disciplines that we do day in and day out, you know, as we're allowing the theology to, mm -hmm. to inform us and conform us. And then when we hit that bigger battle, hopefully we're prepared for it. Yeah. And it's yeah. a team fight. You know, yeah. it's sort of like your local church is your duty station or something yeah. to, to continue the Are you guys going to be PCS orders or no? That's right. Well, that's right. Well, you need get your heart right and get your PCS orders to stay here at Foyer Family Church, brother. Um, yeah, citizen, soldier, athlete. Uh, I'm going to talk about all three because I'm the, the moderator. But citizen, um, you guys touched on so many important aspects of that. But I just love we're citizens in heaven. Like our citizenship is primarily in heaven, and that should affect what we value. And that, that's one of the things that helps the things of this life just not have as much importance. And then we're constantly seeing our role in this life as, as investments for that heavenly citizenship. And generally speaking, other than those limited exceptions for civil disobedience, realizing that you're a heavenly citizen should make you a better earthly citizen in so many different ways, that many of which you guys alluded to. Then soldier, yeah, it takes training, it takes unity, teamwork. One of the things I think about is uh, aspect of the soldier, one of the things Kyle talked about, the gift of suffering. One of the things that soldiers have to do is be willing to suffer for long periods of time for a cause, whether that's sleeping out in the dirt you know, on a deployment and eating MREs every meal, um, 
but it's not all glory and adventure. A lot of the, what God calling us uh, to be soldiers for his kingdom is to just suffer patiently, realizing that it's for a cause, that it has purpose. And then athlete, um, you know, we in America pretty much idolize athletics to a great extent, but it, it does have value. Those, any of us who've ever played team sports before know that, it, you know, if you're going to have a successful team, it takes teamwork, it takes practice, it takes self-discipline. These are all important um, aspects of the Christian life, but what's the purpose? Not so that we can be proud of our trophies, of our medals, or of our, 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 our you know, being an upstanding citizen. It's for the glory of God. These show us how we should live that gospel-centered life practically uh, for, for Christ's kingdom and for his glory. Well, thank you, church family, for joining us. I uh, hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.